CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. It is an absolutely magnificent day in Lakeland, Florida, Central Florida. We have left the friendly confines of Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City, and we have moved to the Ford Theater of Operations. Command Center Alpha today originates from the Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo at Lakeland Lindner Airport, Lakeland, Florida, midway between Tampa and Orlando, the second largest air show in the country. And this kicks off spring break for pilots, spring break for college students. They go down, I don't know, Lauderdale. They go down to, uh, what is it, uh, southern Texas. But if you're an aviator, an aviation enthusiast, this is the beginning of the air show season and we are right on the flight line at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent, and we've got an aviation-themed show for you today. Long Ash, greetings and salutations, a Long Ash happy landing, snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make America great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. The Global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief coming to you today on a magnificent day. We call this a Cavu Day. Ceiling and visibility unrestricted. It is in the high 70s, a light breeze, blue skies, palm trees swaying, people enjoying themselves. The anticipated attendance this week at the Sun and Fun Air Show in the 400,000-person mark. And if you love aviation... If you love being able to get up close and see airplanes, touch airplanes, feel airplanes, get into airplanes, watch various air shows and aerobatics, and check out uh, great food and libations and also some great exhibits, learn about flying, then this is the place. And if those of you, if you're listening to us in South Florida, Central Florida, in the Cigar City of Tampa, Gainesville, Ocala, Tallahassee, and you want to come down later today and tomorrow, the air show wraps up tomorrow, Come on down, because this is a magnificent way to spend a day with your kids, with family, with friends. And I'm excited for our aviation theme show, because those of you who know me, I have numerous passions, and one of them is being an aviator, a proud pilot, and I am uh, pleased that we could come to you once again. I think this is now our... Fifth or sixth year, Sergeant Steve, correct, that we've come out from the flight line, and it gets better and better and bigger every year. In this hour, we'll be joined by John Lights Leanhouts. He is the CEO of Sun and Fun. We'll be talking about this great event. Next hour, we'll be joined by Mark Baker, the President Chief Executive Officer of the Aircraft Orders and Pilots Association. We'll talk about how to get into flying, how to learn to fly. I've got a very special guest, Jason Shepard. He is uh, really a young, up-and-coming flight instructor. He's got a great website called m 0 a.com that is the letter m 0 z e r 
O, letter A, M0A.com. And he's also got a very active YouTube channel uh, teaching people how to fly. And he's got a book that I've got in my hand called The Secret to Perfect Landings. And I actually picked this up because as an aviator, it's like if you're a golfer. You want the perfect golf swing. You want the perfect landing every time. And there's some great tips that actually I picked up from this that have helped me uh, grease those landings. So we'll be talking with Jason. Now, before we get underway, a couple of things I want to tell you about. First of all, one of the very cool things that's going to be taking place here at Sun and Fun, as you know, we are avid supporters of our military, avid supporters of military history, of World War II history. I don't need to get on a diatribe and on a rant about the lack of World War II history that's being taught or not being taught in our nation's schools, high schools, even in college. It is a travesty that we don't have a mandatory World War II history class in every high school across America. But there is some historic aircraft that are going to be making their way here to the Sun and Fun International Air Show and Expo in Lakeland, Florida. The Tunnison Foundation, a nonprofit organization that owns and operates World War II-era aircraft, are bringing four C-47s and DC-3 aircraft that took place, that actually took part in the invasion at Normandy on June 6, 1944. And for the 75th anniversary of D-Day, June 6, uh, uh, in uh, 2019, they're going to actually ferry these aircraft over back to France, back to Normandy. They're going to recreate the... Invasion of Normandy, taking off from uh, Britain, going over, flying over to Normandy. The C-47s, which are the military version of the DC-3s, played a very important and key part. And so there's four of them that are coming down for the sun and fun, and they're going to be flying in formation. And visitors will be able to see the aircraft on the flight line every day which is going to be cool. I know we're going to, uh, once they come in, we're going to go take a look. Their crews will be on site to answer questions. They'll give tours, and they'll talk about the upcoming transatlantic journey to Normandy, France. And uh, I have to tell you, that is going to be a magical, magical trip as they cross the Atlantic and recreate that. And again, the invasion at Normandy was the beginning of the end of World War II. An incredible mission. We have done special shows. We'll post that at CigarDave.com because we have done numerous shows celebrating, I think, the set, what is it, the uh, 60th we did, the 65th, the 70th. Very, very important date in American history. And unfortunately, too many of our nation's youths, or youths, as they would say on my cousin Vinny, know nothing about World War II history. You mentioned December 7th, 1941. They'll give you a blank look. You tell them June 6, 1944, they have no clue. And that is a shame. So for many of the attendees that will walk the Warbird flight line, which has all World War II vintage-era aircraft here at Sun and Fun, they'll be able to get to see three C-47s and one DC-3 that took place, that actually took part in the original invasion at Normandy 74 years ago. One of the things I want to tell you, I was traveling about three weeks ago, and I'm a TSA pre, as I'm sure many of you, global entry, the whole shebang. And when you're a TSA pre, you fill out an application, you provide all your information, all your data to the federal government, to the Department of Homeland Security, where they do a background check, and they make sure that you are 
an upstanding citizen with no criminal background. You're not a terrorist. You're, you're uh, a proud American. And that you're no threat to aviation or a threat to uh, harm this country or the people in this country. You pay, I think, with global entry, I think it's 100 bucks. It's good for five years. And they can, at any time, review your record. They can go to make sure you have no arrests, no criminal history. They can go at any time and, and check your background. But it allows you to access a special TSA pre-check line where you avoid many of the lines. You don't have to take off your belt and shoes. You don't have to take your computer out because you have been vetted. You go voluntarily through a very heavy vetting process. Now, I have no problem when TSA says, okay, well, on a random basis, we want to check to make sure you're still, you're still uh, not a criminal, you're not a terrorist. No problem at all. That's fine. That's part of voluntarily submitting to be vetted and participate in the TSA pre-check program. Well, three weeks ago, and, and over the last number of years, I've noticed every so often you will see people through the TSA pre-check line that you know do not belong. How do I know this? Well, the first thing is they look like they haven't traveled in years. They start taking off their belt and their shoes. They don't take their, their, their wallets out of their pockets until the last second. The seasoned travelers, we have everything. We have our phone. We have our keys. We have everything already in our bag, our briefcase. We know the system. Boom, we move right through. And you're watching these people taking their clothes, their, their shoes off and their belts off, and they are clueless. You know they don't, they're not TSA pre-check vetted members. You know they don't belong in that line. Well, come to find out that when the airport is busy, when TSA pre and peak periods, they will randomly pull people. They'll put the TSA pre-check on their boarding pass and allow them to go through TSA pre. I have a huge problem with that. And Congress called the TSA out on it. The Transportation Committee, which oversees or security oversees TSA and Homeland Security, and called them out and said, this is nonsense. People go through TSA pre-check is for people that have been vetted. And so what we saw is the migration, the infiltration of people that did not belong. Okay? Congress calls them out. It starts to end. Then I start noticing it again. And every time I go through, I look at the TSA pre-check uh, uh, officers, or, or correction, the, the TSA uh, uh, officers, and I look at them, I, I shake my head. I said, this is absurd. You can pick these people a mile out that don't belong through TSA pre. And they all say the same thing. You're right. You're 100% correct. Because you'll hear them say, you don't have to take off your belt. You don't have to take out your computer. You don't have to take off your shoes. Ding, ding, ding. We're putting the wrong people through there. So that ended. Then I started to see it recur again. And then three weeks ago in the morning, start of spring break, so the terminal I'm in at Tampa International you know should be prepared in the morning for a morning flight with all the lanes open. Well, there's two lanes that are open. And I go and I say, I'm TSA pre. Okay, great. Go over here. I bypass the line, and I'm the third person in line. And I'm thinking, great, no problem. I'm going to breeze right through. Then all of a sudden, and I see this little beagle. Certainly this was not a German shepherd canine like, like uh, my canine companion in security detail, Sultan, who is, has a nose that is incredibly sensitive. Now, there could be other dogs, but when I see a little beagle or one of the, what's with the dog with the floppy ears? Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember that dog. If they smell, they are the, amongst the dumbest dogs, canines around, I'm trying to remember a basset hound. 
And I'm looking at these basset hounds, and I'm thinking, what? They may have a great sense of smell. And I'm seeing this dog, and I'm like, what's this all about? And I'm like, that's odd. Maybe it's just a new protocol where they're sniffing people in line. And all of a sudden, the the lady at TSA says, okay, go right through the line. And I said, wait a minute, where's the TSA pre? I'm TSA pre. She said, everybody's TSA pre today. I said, whoa, whoa, Nelly. What do you mean everybody is TSA pre? She said, well, when we're short-staffed, we only have two lanes open, and we have this sniffing dog. It sniffs for explosives. Then everybody goes through TSA pre. But you don't. Have, the good news is you don't have to take off your belt and your shoes. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have a problem with me not taking it off because I'm vetted and went through the TSA pre-check vetting process. These other people haven't. A dog can certainly miss something. And it was a perfunctory, you know, just a dog. They're, they're taking on a leash. It's not like they're doing a detailed sniff. It's like the president's coming to town for bombs or anything. And afterwards, I'm shaking my head. And again, these, it's, it's ridiculous. And I see the supervisor who I know, and I pulled him aside, and I said, what the F is going on here? Everybody's T.S. When does this B.S. start? He's like, General, shaking his head, telling me, he goes, you're preaching to the choir. He said, trust me, this is absurd. We're as pissed off about it as you are as a T.S.A. pre-member. He said, this is coming from the top. Coming from Washington, typical Washington bureaucrat, Kirsten Nielsen, who's the head of De- the uh, secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. This is nonsense. Now, if I'm, I'm letting all the terrorists in the world know right now, because they're going to find out anyway, that this is the nonsense that TSA is doing. This, haven't we not learned anything? Now, I get that you want to keep things random, but as a TSA pre-member, you are vetted. These other people are not vetted. And don't give me this nonsense, well, we've got the bomb-sniffing dog here. Well, somebody can bring certainly other things on. But the fact of the matter is, I went through the TSA pre-check process. I paid for that process. I know they can vet me at any time and, and, and look at my record at any time. I'm fine with that. But then letting everybody in because supposedly you're short-staffed, I want you to remember one thing. You pay for the privilege of going through TSA security. On every ticket you buy, it used to be $3. I think it's now, was it $5, 6 bucks. You pay every segment. So if you're connecting on two flights, even though you go through TSA security once, you pay that fee. I think it's $10, $12. Now, if the government can't efficiently run security for 6 bucks or 7 bucks or 10 bucks a head, then we've got a big problem, and we need to bring in a private company that can certainly do that. But this is the nonsense that's going on. And now an article came out. More bomb-sniffing dogs at airports could mean slower TSA pre-check lines. This was in uh, thepointsguide.com, which I, I, I read on a regular basis. And what they're saying is new security procedures being implemented that involve the increased use of explosive detection canines, reconfiguring of the lines at security checkports, uh, checkpoints, that mean more non-pre-check passengers in the TSA pre-check line. This is a giant load of poppycock. This is typical government bureaucracy that is screwing everything up. And they're saying that the bomb-sniffing dogs now, as people are in line, everybody will be eligible. I'm sorry. That is absolutely unacceptable. We pay to be able to get expedited security. We pay so we don't have to take our shoes off. We're vetted. And then... The brilliant TSA, uh, the head of TSA and the head secretary of Department of Homeland Security come up with this nonsense. And I know that when I was coming back from a, a, a flight going through Atlanta, there were about 
50 people that were in the TSA pre-check line that didn't belong there. And I could tell because they're like, oh, we're TSA pre-check. We, we, I don't know how we got it. And, again, they're taking off their shoes, the belts. They're not prepared. As experienced travelers, we want to go zip through our security line. We are prepared. We take our keys out. We have everything ready to go. And this is an absolutely huge problem. I don't care if these dogs have a scent that can smell BS 10 miles away. The fact of the matter is we shouldn't be putting people that are not vetted TSA pre-check members through the TSA pre-check line. This is government bureaucracy once again, and that's why I say the TSA stands for Transportation Screw-Up Administration. They've been a giant, colossal disaster since day one. They started to get their act together. Now they're back to being the Transportation Screw-Up Administration. So terrorists around the world, you now know that... They're letting everybody through TSA pre-check, even if you're not vetted. If you see a dog sniffing, a little basset hound or a little beagle, congratulations. You now can terrorize airplanes because the TSA in their infinite wisdom decides that everybody should be TSA pre. Unacceptable. It has to be called out. And this five-star just did. We'll conduct the National Cigar Litation Ceremony from the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo on the flight line at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent around the corner. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, Everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, 
Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. It is appropriate that we play the Air Force theme song. Off we go into the wild blue yonder because it is nothing but blue skies and the sound of airplanes overhead. At the 2018 Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo, we're on the flight line at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Pavilion. And I have picked out a very special cigar, a cigar that I know people will enjoy, will enjoy at the 2018 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the river in Buffalo, Saturday, August 11, 2018. It will be officially presented by Gurkha. And I'm proud to say we'll be launching three of their new cigars that will make, make their debut at the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Convention mid-July. Our attendees in Buffalo at the Alpha Pleasure Fest will be the first in the country to experience this. But one of the cigars I've just pulled out is the Gurkha Cellar Reserve. Uses the 15, uses a 15-year-old aged Dominican Criollo wrapper. Olor, Dominican Olor binder, and 15-year-old Dominican filler. It is a delicious medium to full-bodied cigar, and I have uh, pulled out. It's got a nice perfecto shape, and I have pulled out the Solera. Five inches in length with a 58 ring gauge. That's what I will enjoy, and I'm going to use my thumb. I'm not going to use a cutter today. I'm going to do it old school like the manufacturers do. Hey, I'm on the flight line. Sometimes you just don't have the double-edged guillotine. All right, I got a great cut. Look at that. Sergeant Steve, would you not get Perfect. All right, I'm going to toast the foot of this cigar. And as I do, it is my pleasure to say when we return, we will be joined by John Lights. Leanhouse, the President, Chief Executive Officer, Executive Director of the Sun and Fun International Flight Expo, as I puff and rotate. Mm. Airplanes, blue, warm, blue skies, warm weather, great cigars will continue around the corner. Get the latest cigars hand picked by the General each month, delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. 
For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard Alpha Army One with service to Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo in Lakeland, Florida. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as your global aviator-in-chief, Cigar Dave, has the controls. I have the con. I can think of nothing better than Sinatra, sun and fun, and loads of sun and blue skies. And the man who is responsible for this incredible weather, at least he'll take credit on the good days, that is John Lights Leanhouts, the president and CEO of the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo and Aerospace Center for Excellence Lights. Hard to believe this is year number what, six or seven for you? This will be number seven, Dave. My lucky seven, so I'm hoping it's going to be good for all of us. We've had six good years up to this point with me uh, sharing the glory with all these great volunteers and the staff and the board and all the people who make it happen, plus all of our guests and all the folks that make this so successful. But this year... Being number seven, I'm hoping to knock it out of the park. 2017 was the very best of the 43 years of Sun and Fun had been in existence till that point. And this year is number 44. It's the seventh. Lucky fours. Let's roll them. Double fours. And a lucky seven. We're going to have a great year. As they say, got to roll the dice. No guts, no glory. Roll them, baby. That's my, that's my theme. That's my motto. Lights, uh, the weather the first day, little tough, little challenging, but... It has been magnificent, uh, nice blue skies, warm, light breeze. You told me advanced sales, record pace this year at Sun and Fun Flying and Expo here in Lakeland. Yes, sir. No no kidding. This was one of those surprises that we weren't expecting. We always anticipate a good, healthy purchase of advanced tickets. But this year, we were 12% over our very best year, which was 2017. We were 12% above that in the early sales. Then on on Tuesday, we had that rainstorm, as you well know, and it kind of slowed the traffic down. So we're matched up at that point just about where we were in 2017, but it's continued to climb ever since. And now that we've had all this great weather, our ramp is packed. There are people are coming from all over the world to see this thing. So we feel good. And one of the ones, one of the areas that really surprised us, and I guess this is kind of about the economy is they're all camping and staying for the week i didn't see that before they would come for a couple of days a day here a day there too on on monday evening we had an emergency meeting where are we going to put the campers that show up on tuesday and we had to find another area on the airport to add more camping space because we had maxed out. We've never done that except on a Wednesday or Thursday. Really? So that's a first ever. And what a great problem to have. You need an emergency meeting to see where you're going to put more attendees that want to come and spend the week. <laughs> what a terrible problem, Lights. <laughs> it's the greatest thing going. It was a lot of consternation and rubbing of hands. And we go, we'll come up with a solution. And I got to give it a big hand out to Gene Conrad, the airport manager here. He's like my brother from another mother. We look at life the same way. The answer is yes to how do I get there? He said, we're going to find a place. What about if we do this? And he found another location. It's within easy tram distance out by airplanes to get into the core of the event. And now our campers are filling it up. Well, we always talk about 
Chicago O'Hare, Atlanta, Hartsfield is the busiest airports in the country and in the world. I think Lakeland Lindner Airport, the next, uh, well, actually all of this week and today and tomorrow, got to be amongst the busiest airports in this country. I mean, you see three, four planes landing at once. I'm a private pilot. No thanks. I mean, I see the craziness that comes in, but yet it comes off without a hitch every year due to the great coordination with the air traffic controllers here, the airport, and clearly everyone at Sun and Fun. You know, the the thing that makes this work is 44 years of training, okay? We've all worked at it year after year after year to get the refined, better processes and procedures to get people in easily and safely. And that ha- that comes without a, really with a lot of thought processes and actually, actually going out and doing it. And I tell you, I used to come in here in my Stearman. Every year for almost a decade before I got to come and play here as a permanent home. And I learned from that experience is things that we needed to do better in our procedures to get in here. And we've added a couple things. But quite candidly, we have folks that go and park at other airports and then drive over. They fly down from New England. They fly down from Texas. And then they come and they land 20 miles away and drive in. I'm like, dude, it's not that hard. I, I fly into Osh- I've taken 16, 17, 18-year-old students and fly my airplane and flown into Oshkosh, flown into Sun and Fun. It's not that hard. You just follow procedures, get in line. And I'll tell you, one of the coolest things you get, this is something that might happen to you. You never know. I'm flying here in the Stearman about nine years ago coming in, make the turn, following the traffic. And I look off in the distance. I said, that looks like an F-15. He's turning final. And as I was just about to touch down, I looked around and went, that's not an F-15. That's an F-22 Raptor. And I'm landing my Sturman <laughs> side by side with him going, that is, and I yelled at the guy in the front, take a picture, take a picture. He goes, I put it away. No, no. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find here at Sun and Fun. John Lights Leanhouts, the president, chief executive officer of the Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo and the, uh, I should say, he's got another thing he oversees as well, the Aerospace Center for Excellence, which we'll talk about in a minute. John, you basically, or lights, I mean, I'm so used to calling you lights, and let's talk about your background, because how you got that nickname, lights. I mean, it sounds strange when I started to call you John. I'm like, wait a minute, everybody calls them lights. You, military background, you get a nickname. Tell us about that. Well, you know, when you go into service uh, in, in 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 the fighter world, Anybody that's flying an aircraft that things happen really quick, you got to have a very distinctive call sign because if you got a name, they don't want that name out on broadcast. I'm not calling Dave and Bob and Larry. It's got to be very simple, very uh, special. And I got the nickname Lights as my call sign because early on, last name, Lean House, sounds like a lighthouse. We'll call you a lighthouse, but you made a lot of mistakes. So the lights must be out. We'll call you Lights Out. So I was lights out for about three years till I stopped making all those stupid mistakes. And then they just sort of whittled it down and said, we'll just call you lights. And then it's really stuck because I became the public affairs officer for several squadrons. And they, they were, because I always carried a camera, they go, oh, it's lights, camera, action. Lights, camera, action. There you go. So low energy was taken. You couldn't get that, that, no. that nickname <laughs> with, with your low energy, right? <laughs> that, that I'm sure people never have told you once. And, and I think that's the enthusiasm that you have for the Sun and Fun Fly-In and the Aerospace uh, Center for Excellence uh, it shows because Sun and Fun, over the, since you took over seven years ago, has really grown tr- tremendous transformation. You've got a button on that says, how may I help you? Totally different mindset from years prior. And you're, it's due to your, uh, your efforts, your energy, and certainly uh, your leadership. Well, quite candidly, when we got here, uh, there was a reason they were looking for somebody else to take the helm. <laughs> <laughs> there, there had been some, uh, let's just say, some 
decisions that weren't as good as they should have been. And so they were in it. They were right on the verge of bankruptcy and closing the doors. They're about two and a half million. I didn't realize that two and a half million dollars in debt. Wow. First year I was here, I was paid on the credit card. That's how I got a salary. Not much, but I got a little something. And they, uh, I said, look, guys, we can't live like this. We've got, first of all, we've got to change our culture. And the only way you can change a culture is you've got to have a vision of a focus for a path you want to go down and then get everybody to drink the Kool-Aid and let's all go there together. So we created a vision of where we wanted to go, created a mission statement to preserve and enhance the future of flight through world-class events inspiring and educating people of all ages. It's very simple. It's very poignant. We all decided on that. We said, now we're going to do is take that, and we're going to uh, apply that vision to everything we do and change the culture from being other people's money that we raise here to it's our money. Let's do something right with it. It's your checkbook. Let's have it go to a successful education program that we can be proud of at night and not just say we threw one big spring break for pilots, and then we go home and party all year round and come back broke the next year. That's not the way to do business. So having done that, we changed that culture. We got the right people on board. I got a great team. They're all mind, they're, all of them have a mindset of let's do what's right for the future of aviation. And how do you do that? You build the next generation of aerospace professionals. I'd love to tell you that I'm starting my aviation career right now. I'm on the, I'm on the golden years of it, and I'm loving every second of it. But we need more 18, 19-year-old young men and women in cockpits building, fixing, designing, and flying aircraft. And for almost 20-some years, the American culture did not support the growth of aviation. It just didn't. So we're kick-starting it, and we started a program where we're doing scholarships to learn to fly, fix, or go to college. And all of a sudden, it's working. Took a while. We're five years into that program. We've got 64 pilots that we have produced at 17 years old. Right now, we're on track two per month get a scholarship, and we're having 100% success rate, 98 to 100%. That actually, from the time they start, they get their private license. On average, we're doing between 16 to 18 students per year that are coming out out of high school, out of high school as an airframe and power plant mechanic. Going to college, they got they get one year free of Embry Riddle because we are dual enrolled. And so they could leave high school at 18 years old. Can you imagine, Dave, walking out of high school with a high school diploma, a private pilot license, an AMP license, and one year of Embry-Riddle? Done. Zero cost so, you. So while they're in high school, they get their first year of college? First year of college. Here? Yes, sir. I didn't realize that. That's incredible. So you're already going into your sophomore year as, as soon as you graduate. Absolutely. It's the coolest thing. And one of the things that we're, we're so proud of is that even if – the high schools that we have here, our Central Florida Aerospace Academy, if the student doesn't want to go into aviation, they walk out because of all the skills they learned in the aerospace industry because we immersed them in it. They walk out top-notch, first-class citizens. They stand up straight. Yes, sir, no, sir. They got a plan. They know what they're going to do. They've studied the, par- the, the path, their flight path of life to get to where they want to go, and they've got milestones to hit to get there, and they go out and get it done. Well, and they may stay in aviation, but they also may say, great, I love flying and being involved in aviation, but maybe I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a, a teacher, I want to be a doctor, I want to be some other professional, go into another, another uh, area. But you've already given them one year of college, and you've given them the experience uh, and, and the preparation so that when they do go to college, they'll succeed. Well, in the front of our high school, if you ever want to take a look at it. And Which I have, I've seen it. So you know there's a big circle out there, right? and it's got bricks in it. And the bricks that are in that circle have the name, the date, and the aircraft type of every student that is soloed in our program. And in that circle around it, it says solo to success. Well, what does that mean? 
What it means is, is if we can get you into an airplane and get you to fly by yourself, you're going to develop situational awareness, decision-making, responsibility, accountability, self-reliance, and confidence. All those skills will do you good in any walk of life you choose. This is just the beginning. So our new tagline, you know what our new tagline is? The sky is just the beginning. It ain't the limit. It's the beginning. You learn aviation, get in aerospace, and your life's going to take off. Well, and I think the important part of aviation is you teach people about decision-making, proper decision-making. We talk about being alpha males on this show, being confident, being leaders, taking charge, being act, taking command of the situation. And I think that the students, both male and females, that, that are going through the Aerospace Center for Excellence, you are teaching them that. So they don't sit around and, 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 and look around and say, well, I don't know what's happening around me. I always say you either get on the bus, get off the bus, but don't get in front of the bus. Right. And you've got students now that are on the bus moving forward, and they're whether it's a career in aviation or anything, they're prepared for life following high school, college, and the real world. That's exactly right. And I can tell you it's fun to watch. When our high school uh, freshman class shows up and they pop up and they, they walk in that door the first day, they look like every other high school student around the rest of the planet as a freshman year. They got their pants down at half mast. They got the hats on sideways. They're slumped over. They're wearing real gnarly T-shirts and stuff. But by the time they get through that first semester, the peer pressure of all the other students who are on their way to being successful in life, they say, you don't, we don't play that way. And if you want to do that, you can go back to the mothership. This is for the elite. There are people who are going someplace. This is free. It's a gift from heaven. You either play by these rules or you can go pay back in the, uh, in the hood where you came from. And all of a sudden, they're all standing up straight doing what they're supposed to do. And they all work on, on getting a successful career path set up. Outstanding. Our guest is John Lights Leanhouts, the president, CEO of the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo and Aerospace Center for Excellence. When we come back, we'll talk about one of the students that Lights was uh, mentioning, Gianna, who's with us, who uh, is going to graduate from the Aerospace Center for excellence and we'll talk about what to expect if you come to sun and fun there's everybody from one month olds to 100 year olds something for everyone as we continue front and center on the flight line from the sun and fun international fly in and expo lakeland florida the general is now on instagram follow him for pictures of the latest cigars libations and what he's enjoying during the show (laughs) that could be interesting and we'll have to block out some faces Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliffe, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars, 
and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. Alpha males travel in style, whether by land, sea, or the air. From the Sun and Fun International Expo in Lakeland, Florida, your aviator-in-chief, Cigar Dave. And our co-aviator-in-chief, the president, CEO of the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo and Aerospace Center for Excellence, John Lights Leanouts. As we come to you from the flight line here at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Pavilion, lights. Uh, no, no truth to the rumor. You were uh, you were the stand-in for uh, Tom Cruise. Actually, I was. You know, I did all the flying acts for him. I was. A st- <laughs> I was what they call the stunt double. You, you did it all, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. You know, it's great fun. What kind of airplanes did you fly? About you were in the Navy, correct? Oh yes, sir. Twenty-eight years of fun-filled adventure. Our motto was haze gray and underway, or it ain't the best day of your life. So, and <laughs> what, what, what'd you fly? I, I was flying A7 Corsairs, single seat, light attack, really manly man machines. And I got to fly the F 14 Tomcat. And my last 10 years, I was flying the FNA 18 Hornet all the way through the Super Hornet. So it was about 6,000 uh, flight hours flying tactical jets off 16 different carriers and ended up with a little over 1,645 carrier landings. Who cares? Wow, that's incredible. And I'll tell you what, that's not like landing on a 10,000-foot runway. I mean, it's <laughs> bobbling up, going right. You see on YouTube now some of those landings, and it's like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Then, boom, he makes it. Uh, some, some, uh, there's a major pucker factor, I'm sure, as you're coming in on final, and I'm keeping that clean. All right, let's talk. Before we talk about uh, sudden fun, what people can expect, we've got Gianna here. I said she was your XO, but you corrected me. She's my Rio, which is a radio intercept officer or WIZO, Weapon System Officer, and uh, she's a high school senior right here at our Central Florida Aerospace Academy. She's uh, a uh, soloed individual on her way to her private pilot license with a career in aviation, looking at her right in square in the forehead, hopefully being in the Air Force, but she keeps me on track. She's my executive assistant, make sure I'm on time, on uh, right where I'm supposed to be, say the right things, wear the right clothes, and my breath doesn't stink. Uh, well, I was wondering why you had a bottle of uh, scope right next to you as you came here, but we're pleased. Everyone's very happy about that. Jenna, let me let me ask you, uh, what prompted you to apply to attend the Aerospace Center for Excellence? Um, well, it's actually called the Central Florida Aerospace Academy, which okay, is the gotcha. actual school. She cell. corrected me. So there you go. See, your your Rio corrected me. There you go. Keep us everybody on track, okay? Um, but when I was a eighth grader, my um, I went online with my mom and applied to. The Aerospace Academy went in, wanted to see everything, and wanted to be a part of it because I wanted to do aviation since I was about 10. I'm 18 now, so since then, it's just been a journey. So you're graduating in a few months. Sadly, yes. And sadly, <laughs> see, sad. <laughs> yeah, you're, wait, but... After college, when you graduate, you're like, I can't believe i got to go into the real world now. <laughs> college, 
High school great, college better. So where are you gonna? What are you gonna do after you graduate? Um, well, I've been accepted to a couple colleges so far. Where so, have you been accepted? Uh, Western Michigan University, Embry Riddle, and Daytona. Okay. I'm waiting to hear back from schools like North Dakota, um, Middle Tennessee State University. All have aviation programs. All have aviation. I've been accepted to one. The only one that doesn't have it is called Mary Baldwin University, but they do have a program called VWIL, which is Virginia Women's Institute of Leadership. It's the only female core in the entire United States. So um, just ROTC is a big thing for me, especially from middle school to high school. So they have to have that. Now, are you a native Floridian? Uh, no, I was born in Missouri, actually. Okay. But I've been raised as a Floridian. 100%. So you've been here for North Dakota. Not going to work, sweetheart. Do See, not. Don't even think about that's it. That's what I've been not told. Not going to happen. <laughs> North Dakota. Oh, minus 20. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. I think so. But you, you got some great schools. You know you've got a, a career path in aviation, which is fantastic. And uh, what have you? Uh, what are you flying? What did you solo in? 152. Cessna 152. That's what I learned to fly in way back in. Uh, when did I learn to fly? Let me see. 19... 81, no, correction, 84, because I graduated Syracuse in 86, so I started around 84, 85, been flying ever since, and uh, when I got my private pilot's license, I said I will never fly in a Cessna 152 again, and I'm pleased to report I never have flown in a Cessna 152 again. I actually, uh, I'll never forget when I, the instructor said, okay, you're soloing, and I went up, I'm like, my God, this thing actually climbs on with one person. I think it's got the equivalent of like a, a, a Briggs & Stratton uh, uh, lawnmower engine in there. But it's a great training airplane. But there's a lot of other planes you'll have a lot of fun with, 172s and Cirruses and other, other airplanes. Definitely. So congratulations to you. So uh, you've you. got an aviation career. And let's, let's talk about what people can expect when they come to Son of Fun. There's still time today. And then... I know you got some activities tonight, and then tomorrow, the final day, going to be a great, hopefully great day, chance of some rain. But what do people expect? They come in the doors. What can they expect? Well, what they're really going to see is they're going to see a pristine, beautiful campus that's maintained by over 3,000 volunteers to make sure this is a Disney-like experience because we've got all the effort you can put forth to making it safe, comfortable, enjoyable. And then all the attractions are designed from everybody from one-year-old which my granddaughter is here with my, my daughter marching, marching that young lady around, all the way to 101 years old. We've got Dick Cole, who flew in the, the, he's the last surviving Doolittle Raider, who was Doolittle's co-pilot wow, on, the on the B-25s over Tokyo. And he's here today, too. And we have Tora, Tora, Tora. That's the first time they've ever been here at Sun and Fun. They're the f- world's renowned reenactors of the Pearl Harbor attack. They'll be performing today and tomorrow. There's a kid zone, there's forums, there's workshops to learn how to fix, how to design airplanes. You can go into the exhibit halls. And one of the things I tell people when they say, well, I don't really want to see what's in an airplane. I don't own one. I said, no, you do want to see what's in an airplane. Because if you see what we've got on an airplane right now, it's going to be in this little thing you call a cell phone that's strapped to your hip in about five years. So get used to the idea that technology is in airplanes before it's in your home. How about those autonomous cars? We've had autonomous airplanes for decades. It's called autopilot. That's right. It's being transformed into cars now. It works, really. So everything you can imagine. And we also talked beginning of the show, you've got actually three C-47s and a DC-3 that took took part in the invasion on Normandy. We're going to talk more about that. We've got a big 75th anniversary. They can see that. The Warbirds. It's a great time. John Lights, Leanhouts. The president, CEO of the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo and the Aerospace Center for Excellence. 
Lights, we appreciate the hospitality. Great seeing you again, my friend. Congratulations. Another award-winning Sun and Fun year. We'll see you in 2019. Roger that. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of the day and tomorrow as well. It's super fun times at Sun and Fun. All right. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show from the Flight Line is next. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. What an absolutely gorgeous day, not just in the sunshine state of Florida, but for those of us that are aviators that love these kind of days. Slight breeze, but those of us that are experienced aviators, we can handle crosswinds no problem. That's the making of a good pilot. And it is what we call a cabo day. Ceiling and visibility, unrestricted blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. This is the perfect day to attend the Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo Air Show, Lakeland, Florida, right between Tampa and Orlando. And we are coming to you, as I mentioned, in the first hour. Thanks to the gracious hospitality of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, which this five-star Global Alpha has been a member of since, I don't know, maybe 30-some-odd years, even before I got my pilot's license. And we are joined by uh, Mark Baker, who is the President Chief Executive Officer. Mark, first off, great to see you once again. The last time we saw each other was at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Regional Flying at Peter O'Night Airport. Was that in October, November? That was like October, yeah. The end of October last year. I was just over at Peter O'Night not that long ago, and... It's not the same when I go there. It, it, it was just such a great weekend. The number of people, friends of mine, that came up to me that heard the show that day and came out uh, that are not pilots, but they brought their kids. They said, "This what an incredible day it was. It was free. It was open to the public. number of friends said, you know, I've always loved aviation, but I got a, re- a great chance one-on-one to see airplanes, to talk to flight instructors, and a number of them are actually pursuing their uh, their private pilot's license. So, very successful weekend for Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association and a great weekend for everybody that attended in Tampa. Well, thanks, Dave, and thanks for being out there. It was a, it was a great event, and uh, we sure enjoy these regional fly-ins. We've seen almost 70,000 folks on these regional fly-ins. The public, the neighborhood come out to, to see what they can do in general aviation and how easy it is to kind of get involved, whether it's a flying club or starting to learn how to fly and stay in the game and get updated about the regulations and rules. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing them. The closest one this year to Florida will be uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is just right across the border uh, this fall. So hopefully we can get up there. Well, the Panhandle is actually part of Alabama. Probably didn't realize that, but that is unofficial Alabama. L.A. <laughs> L.A., <laughs> lower Alabama. That's exactly right. Uh, but that was great because the, it, was, it wasn't a huge setting. Sun and Fun is humongous. I mean, this is the second largest air show in the country behind the EAA Air Venture, which is in Oshkosh in July. So it really gives people a chance to get up close and personal, talk to people from AOPA, talk to flight instructors, see the airplanes. Uh, but the number of people that, that again, the, the compliments 
that uh, they were doling out to AOPA was uh, just overwhelming because, again, they said, I can't believe this thing is free. I can't believe that I can interact one-on-one -on -one and get so close to airplanes. And now with the 9-11 security restrictions, the old days where you could go right up to the fence and, and, and see the airplanes take off and land, unfortunately, in many airports, those days are gone. Yeah, we, uh, in many cases, I think we uh, fixed a problem that didn't occur. But nonetheless, we have these fences today and around general aviation airports. And that's why we want airports and these events to be really welcoming to the community. Find out, yeah, you can come to that fence. It is your property. It's a public park, if you want to think of it that way. An airport, the taxpayers paid for it. Let's talk about, we always get questions from people that listen that say, how do I, I love aviation. I've always had a passion for it. But I don't know how to start. I remember there used to be, when you and I started, Mark, they used to have these Cessna, I think, $20 discovery flights. That's right. Now, That's $20, right. those days are long gone. <laughs> but it was 20 bucks, and you went up for like 20 minutes, a half an hour, and that got you hooked. That's Once right. you took that flight and, and took off and landed, and they let you fly the airplane for a few minutes, and you saw what it, you know, experienced flight, you landed and said, I got to sign up. That's it. I'm in. Where do people go if they want to learn to fly? Because really that's one of the missions of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association is to get new people interested in aviation and becoming pilots. That's right. You know, you go to our website, start there with AOPA.org, and it'll help you get started about where do you start. And, you know, you can sign up for Flight Training Magazine. It'll tell you how the experience should go. And when you go to your local airport, it'll, it'll tell you how that airport stacks up from a, whether it's one of our awards or recognitions for their flight school. Because we recognize flight schools that do a really good job. They're on our website. Uh, and you want to go to a good school that's got a good reputation. And they will give you a pretty good deal on an introductory flight because they want you there. Well, and that's the I say to people that, that want to get involved in flight, they, they, the biggest impediment is, how do I start? That's right. Where do I go? And uh, now with the AOPA.org uh, website, they can certainly go there. And the cost has always been a factor, but one of the things I know, Mark, that you've discussed is flying clubs, right. where people get together and they can pool their resources. You don't have to own the plane, but together the club owns it, and that really allows you the benefits of aircraft ownership, flying at a lower rate, but without having to basically own the whole cow, if you will. Yeah, well, on our website, again, we have over 900 flying clubs in the U.S. that are on our recognized network. And we're out positively forming flying clubs. So far this year, we've started 20 brand-new flying clubs somewhere around the country. Did over 35 last year. And getting 8 or 10 like-minded people together to either buy an airplane, lease an airplane, find a way to fly inexpensively, and most importantly, socially at the airport, there's a place to go and hang out with your buds as you either finish up a flight or clean up the airplane. And uh, flying clubs, I did one of those things in the 80s when I had a bunch of little girls and, and I couldn't afford my own airplane. And, and by the way, it turned out to be a great adventure because they had a warrior archer and an arrow. And you know, it was a great way to access three different types of airplanes for low cost and a lot of fun. Well, and the freedom that you can have, because people always think of airports as these gigantic international airports or regional airports, Atlanta Hartsfield or Miami International or uh, Tampa International, uh, LAX. But there are thousands and thousands of smaller airports in communities that really, that's, that's an essential part of their commerce. How many airports are there in the United States? So there are 5,000 public-use airports in these 50 United States. And there's another eight or 10,000 private airports that are usually open to the public, if you call the guy. On top of all the seaplane places, you can land in every lake nearly in the country. So there are tens of thousands of places to land. And the airlines only use a couple hundred airports. That's all they use in the right. whole country. 
Right, and it's incredible because I know that one of the experiences that I like is to find little off-the-way places. Out of the, I'm a big barbecue connoisseur and friends. We get in the airplane and we try to find a place. And I'll never forget, I was in Charlotte. Uh, we did a uh, live pleasure fest there a number of years ago. So I had a whole bunch of our crew. And I said, all right, let's find a place. And so I started asking people in Charlotte, I go, where's a good place, you know, within, I don't know, two, three hours of driving? And they said, well, there's this place in Wilson, North Carolina. you got to go to And I can't remember. Moonlight Barbecue, something like that. Well, by plane, it only took us about 35 minutes. And we went over there, had the barbecue, took the pictures, got back in the airplane, and all within a matter of about three and a half hours. And that would have taken us probably six hours to drive. And there's nothing like that exhilarating feeling. And then my friend said, man, that was just so cool. That was just so neat that we went to a place that was, you know, 180 miles away to go at or 200 miles away to go and have lunch and then come back. That's a right. very great sense of personal freedom that we have here in the United States. It's, it's really unique. Uh, you know, we have uh, 79 countries around the world that have an AOPA called the International AOPA. I happen to be the chairman of that as well. And we are the envy of the world. I don't think sometimes most of us in the United States understand how much freedom we have to fly and come and go as you like, day or night, learn how to fly on instruments, all kinds of weather, as long as you do it safely. And it isn't as much money as you think. You can fly a 172, burns about 10 gallons an hour. Which is Cessna 172, which is... Uh, it's like the DC-3 of the general aviation Over 45,000 of them built. Incredible. And, and the, most people learn how to fly in that kind of aircraft. Uh, and you can do it inexpensively. Have fun. Mark Baker, the president and CEO of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, our guest. As we come to you from the, uh, the flight line here at the Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo, Lakeland, Florida. Mark, you've got a shirt on that says, you can fly. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Why don't I have one of those shirts? I'll get you one. Get me one of those. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I'd wear proudly wear that with the AOPA. Yeah. And I'll put the five stars on yeah, there, we'll make it official. You. But I like that you can fly. Yeah, the whole idea here is we've started a high school program. So kids can get education in the ninth grade. We've tested it this last year. Uh, there's 29 high schools around the country. 700 kids did it as an elective. It counts under the STEM program, science, technology, engineering, math. So they get college credits for it in the 11th and 12th grade. We're building out the next three years of high school curriculum. To get kids inspired that, A, it's never been a better time to be an aviator from a career, if you're interested in that, or a mechanic, or an engineer, or a controller. There are really good jobs, paying well into the six figures, uh, that are available to them if they want a, an aviation career. So when we started that program called You Can Fly, part of by our foundation, which is all donations that have helped us get this thing kicked off. It helps start flying clubs. It, it helps us identify the best flight schools. And then ultimately bring rusty pilots back. There's a couple hundred thousand folks out there that have not been flying recently. Uh, and we brought about 5,000 of them back into flying in the last couple of years by getting them back in the game. Mark, you are a resident, uh, I don't know, full-time, but part-time in Florida as well, as, right. as I'm full-time resident here in the, uh, in the very aviation-friendly state of Florida. And many of the airports that we see in some of the rural areas were built as World War II training airports. Oh, for certain. Yeah. And so many of the aviators came here and other parts of the country, and there was a great group of World War II veterans that really helped aviation explode. And those numbers obviously have dwindled, but many of these airports continue on serving communities and a great place to be able to go fly and train and learn and, uh, and are reasonably priced. But there are other places where you go to stop to grab fuel or you, it's called an FBO, a fixed base operator. It's the private terminal. And imagine, if you will, you're a boat owner and you want to go and you go to one of the marinas and you want to fill up. Normally they say, okay, great, yeah, filling up. You want to go have lunch or whatever, no problem. They don't charge you to dock. Well, 
the fixed base operators, which operate on public use airports, there's been some instances where they're really gouging people, where it's, you know, $150 handling fee if you don't buy 100 gallons of gas, other things. Aircraft Owners and Pots Association has really been on the forefront to make sure that aviators aren't getting gouged. Big, big important issue, and I'll remind everybody that 99% of the folks are doing a really good job at the fixed-based operators. They're really trying to serve our, our flying public well and at affordable levels and, and great services. There happens to be a couple of folks that are uh, kind of taking advantage of this monopoly where they're the only operator in the airport, and they may have a lease that allows them to have all the ramp control. And we think that that's wrong. These, uh, these are, again, our public use, public paid for by taxpayer dollars, the runway, the taxiway. And all we're asking for is transparency, Make sure we know what those costs are going to be so we can make informed decisions. But I don't think we should give up our right to go to Key West or Asheville, North Carolina. We should have every right to go there and not use the services or, or things that we don't want to pay for. Right. And have a public transient parking and have that charted. And also, ultimately, bringing more competition to the market where it deserves it. And, you know, we, ne we need more competition. Competition usually fixes the free market. So we have a Except in West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. <laughs> well, let me tell you, there are three FBOs and every price is sky high. And all we really want there is public parking. Right. So be able to, if you're flying a Cessna 172 and you want to go have lunch, yep. you can go somewhere where you don't need fuel or anything. You can just park, right. have lunch, come back, and you're not... Call Uber and away you go. Right. And, you know, that, that's what we're asking for. And I think uh, we've seen some airports do this well. Cedar Rapids, Iowa has fixed their problem. Waukegan, Illinois has fixed their problem. Uh, Orange County has recently, in California, fixed their problem. So it's by bringing the spotlight to this, and AOPA is the only association bringing the spotlight to this thing because we think it's important to keep access and freedom to fly and reasonable costs forefront. Mark Baker, the President, Chief Executive Officer of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, our guest on the flight line at the Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo, Lakeland, Florida. Magnificent day to conduct broadcast and pleasure maneuvers. Magnificent day for cigar. By the way, Mark, I got some cigars for okay. you. And a magnificent day to talk flying. And we will continue talking, learning how to fly with Mark as we continue from the flight line. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor.
Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. We remind you that today's flight is 100% cigar-friendly. Tampering with, debating, and destroying the enemies of pleasure is encouraged. Light up and relax as your five-star pilot, Cigar Dave, has more from the flight line. But of course, no libations. We always say 12 hours bottle of throttle. In the world of aviation, Mark Baker, the President, Chief Executive Officer of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Mark, give us a uh, little background about the membership. How many members does AOPA have? Uh, I know we talk generally about their mission, but what is their mission? Uh, who do they represent? Uh, big guys, small guys, companies? Give us a little background on AOPA. Certainly. Uh, you know, so it's 1939. I'm only the, uh, the fifth CEO since almost 80 years. And the idea that this thing was founded in 1939 was about the freedom to fly, protecting it from the legislative side and making sure that the regulation doesn't run us out of business cost, safety, because back in the 30s, basically, aviation had some challenges in being safe. And the foundation was about that. And today we have the safest generally aviation has ever been. Accident rates are half what they were just in 1994. What do you attribute that to? I think there's three big things. The industry got together 20 years ago and said, this is unacceptable. And we needed technologies, you know, GPSs now are basically in every aircraft. Weather. The weather. Weather was a problem. Loss of control. So you got stall training that goes on today, stall spin training. And we have made it, and from the number of hours flown, half what it was just 20 years ago. It's, you know, we're down to, call it unfortunately, about 1,000 accidents, about 400 uh, fatalities a year. But when you watch news at 11, you believe that there's a plane fall in the sky every 15 seconds. Right. Basically one a day somewhere in this country. It is the safest activity that's ever been. So that's one of the things that we continue to push is how do we get to zero as close as we can. And, and this group stands for that. But we have over 300,000 members in the U.S. And you know if you're an airplane owner, you're an you are actually probably a member of AOPA, but a 99% chance you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about the people that are flying general aviation today, there's about 590,000 total pilots. About 100,000 are working in the airlines or, or, you know, kind of commercially of some time. So we have basically all the, all the recreational pilots, but we also have a lot of pilots that have a big jet. And we have a lot of pilots with a Super Cub, and somebody else is going to win a Super Cub here pretty soon. Many of the pilots that fly the 787s, the A330s, uh, the Gulfstreams, their, their pleasure maneuver on the weekend is flying a Cub, flying a Cessna, flying a Cirrus, 
flying a light sport aircraft. Uh, and I think once you're a pilot, it doesn't, everything, as I, a friend of mine, Captain Eric, who's a, a big A330 American Airlines pilot who's actually coming out here later today, but he always says, there's no difference. You know, you fly an A330, if you fly a Cessna 172, the flight dynamics are the same. Everything is the same. There is no difference. And he said, in many cases, I enjoy flying the smaller airplane because it's not a job. That's right. I'm doing it for pleasure. <laughs> and that's the big difference. And I know that you fly one of the AOPA planes for, uh, for business across the country. Uh, I think a Citation jet. Mm -hmm. But you also have uh, plane prop planes that you fly for pleasure. Yeah, I, I'm addicted to aircraft. As you know, I've got a, a 1943 Howard with a round engine. It'll be here later today. Really? Yeah. A cool old airplane, you know, uh, with a big 985, 450 horsepower. And I've got a Super Cub, which I probably have had uh, for 25 years, and I've put over 2,000 hours in that thing from the top of Hudson Bay to the bottom of Mexico, all the way to the Keys where I have the That's got no autopilot. That's <laughs> <Nothing>. basic rudimentary <laughs> flying. And it's still one of my favorite things to do is just go for a ride. Exactly. Exactly. Just get in the airplane and go. And that's the cool thing, the freedom that people have, is that when you're flying, you can say, look, I don't know where I'm going to go. A lot of times I'll wake up on a Sunday. I don't know where I'm going to go. And I just pull out the, uh, the map, the uh, chart, and say, you know what? There's a restaurant, I think, here. I've never been over here. Let's, let's just go and check it out. And there's an incredible amount of freedom that we talk about that, uh, again, nobody, you, you don't get the same experience when you're driving in a car or RV. It's a very different thing. And by the way, you talk about being addicted to airplanes, as am I in aviation. Unfortunately, there's no Betty Ford Center to check in <laughs> to recover from that. It's a very, it can be an expensive hobby, but it's such a rewarding hobby. And I, I, I tell people that as an aviator, I, I fly it like a professional. Because from the time I do a pre-flight to the time I get in that airplane to the time that I run the takeoff checklist, takeoff, in-flight, landing, there's something, I think, very unique that we leave the ground, we fly safely to our destination, we get on the ground safely, we walk away. There's something very special about being a pilot. There is no question about it. You know, there's no way to access this uh, this country in a better way than using a general aviation airplane. And whether you do it recreationally, we've got this brand new uh, flight planner tool by way will help you find the restaurant. It'll help you find if they've got canoeing or if they've got golf next to these airports. It's a brand new, just announced this week. They help you have a great time. And as you may be going to from here to Carbondale, Illinois, to our fall flying, uh, but there's five other places you want to stop, and now you know what's going to be there. And uh, the amount of things you can get to and the friendliness of these country airports is unbelievable. Well, Mark, I know you're a cigar uh, connoisseur. You've got some Gurkha. Okay, uh, what did I give you there? I think I gave you the Gurkha, let me see, Cellar Reserve 15 that Kaizad Hensodia from Gurkha gave me yesterday. Wow. Now, you're down in what, Key West? Actually, in Summerlin Key. They're stripping Summerlin the Summerlin Key. Yep. So I need to come down and visit yep. you. I'll bring the cigars. Okay. And we'll uh, maybe we'll get some stone crabs. And yeah. i got to come down, and yep. we'll, we'll enjoy some alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Deal. Right by the airplanes. Fun. Wonderful. Mark Baker, the president, chief executive officer of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Our guest as we start off this hour from the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo. We will continue on this gorgeous day from the flight line. Around the corner, we'll be joined by Jason Shepard, a flight instructor extraordinaire. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, 
as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live noon to 2 Eastern time anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand, also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. The general has turned off the seatbelt sign. You are now free to move about the man cave and engage in non-stop alpha pleasure maneuvers. Well, fly like an eagle. The great thing about being an eagle, it costs you nothing to fly, and you learn how to fly from the time you are hatched. When it comes to flying in the real world, it costs some cash, and it's not quite as easy as uh, just having that natural instinct. But it is a wonderful passion, a wonderful pursuit. We uh, had Mark Baker, the president CEO on of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, talking about some of their resources. And as we continue from the flight line at the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo, Lakeland, Florida, my pleasure to welcome Jason Shepard of M0A.com. Jason is what I call a new breed of flight instructor. He has harnessed the power of the Internet and YouTube. He's got some great books. In fact, I came across uh, Jason's book at the AOPA Fly-In last uh, fall, The Secret to Perfect Landings, and I figured as a pilot, it's like golf. We always want the perfect golf swing and the perfect landing. And I have to tell you, Jason, uh, the book, it's not overly complicated. It's about 100 pages, but your information is really practical and fantastic, and the accompanying videos on YouTube are great. So, Jason, welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Great to have you. From Baltimore originally. Yes, originally from Baltimore. Thank you, Dave. I spent three years in Baltimore, as they say, and you know this, Balmer. Yes. Balmer, not Baltimore, Balmer. And uh, some great places. Uh, let's see, were you around? I don't know if you were you were around when the uh, old Pimlico Hotel was still there, the restaurant. No, not I was familiar. gone already, huh? Yeah. When I moved there way back in 1986, that was the place in Mount Washington Tavern? Not familiar. I only have, like, two gray hairs over here, Dave. I know that. Wait, Mount Washington Tavern's been hot for the last 40 years. Everybody, when they're in their 20s and 30s, goes to the Mount Washington. So where did you used to hang out when you were in Baltimore? Uh, I, was, I was just there as a child. Went to oh, school just a child. A bit. Yep, and then okay. came down. That's probably why I don't know any taverns. Okay, that, uh, there you go. So how long have you – so you live in Ocala now? I live in Ocala. I've been there 20-something years now. Oh, that's why. Okay, yes. that makes sense. All right, gotcha, gotcha. So you get a pass on that. Yes, thank you. Gotcha. So Ocala and uh, flown in and out of Ocala, great little uh, – Love it. 
exactly. And then there's Jumbelair, which has a brunch, I think, once a month. That's sure another do. cool place. Sure do. John Travolta keeps his uh, plane. He's got a house there. So let's talk about, Jason, your passion of aviation. M08, talk about your background sure. and how you created M0A.com and what that means. Sure. So my original goal is I thought I was going to be an airline pilot. And I had these big airline aspirations. And I realized I met a lot of airline pilots. And I didn't want to be gone three weeks out of the month and right. only home for a week. I just wasn't a lifestyle I wanted to have. I thought I was going to be a military pilot. And I had these aspirations. It was the F-15E was the cool thing at the time for the Air Force. Or I wanted to go Navy, get shot off an aircraft carrier. Like, those are my aspirations. I met with a recruiter. I did the ASVAB test. I was already a private pilot at the time. I think, I'm a shoe-in to go to fighter pilot school. That's what I wanted. I met with the recruiter, and he looked at me. And we'd only talked on the phone. And it was the first time we met in person. He said, Jason, I am so sorry. As soon as he introduced himself in person, I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I didn't realize you were this tall. I'm six foot four. The cutoff to fly the F-15E is six feet. Why? And, well, it, two reasons. First off, if they have to, it's, it's torso height okay. for sitting, right? They couldn't right. shut the canopy on my head. And then leg height as well. If you have to eject, you, my knees wouldn't clear the instrument panel Wow. Okay. on the way out if you had to eject. So it's, it's six feet's about the average, but it's torso height and you know leg height as well with that. So he said, I'm so sorry. He goes, let me put you in something transport slow and I said no I I want to fly at Mach 1 I want to fly the F-15E and he said Jason I'm sorry you're flying at Mach 0 the rest of your life you're just too tall so Mach 0 aviation is where M0A.com came from ah I got it now see my answer is an alpha male the global alpha male chief when he said you know you're 6'4 it's not going to work I would have said redesign the damn airplane yeah <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> exactly so interesting so M0A that's how it came about and uh, grew up uh, you said born in Baltimore grew up in Ocala and uh, tell us about your your path to being a private pilot sure so it, it started very very young for me even at uh, five six years of age growing up my grandmother would watch me my grandmother we didn't have a whole lot growing up so she would take me to the airport we'd pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i'd hang on the airport fence and just watch airplanes take off and land you do that nowadays they take you away in handcuffs you get too close to an airport that's right but back then you could do that and that's where really the passion started i was a product of the young eagles back when chuck yeager actually used to sign the young Eagles certificates and uh, that's really how I got my start. And it's, it's come full circle, though. Now I'm doing Young Eagle flights, and now I'm, I'm inspiring these kids. And it's really just it's exciting to how can we get youth involved in aviation? Well, interesting you mentioned how you, your grandmother took you to the airport. My father is a little kid growing up in Buffalo. He used to take me to the Greater Buffalo International Airport, put me on his shoulders uh, and, and the, you know, through his uh, convertible, and I'd watch the planes take off and land. And even to this day, as a uh, you know, an instrument-rated pilot, I sit w- awaiting takeoff, and I watch the planes take off and land while I'm you know in sequence, and I'm still amazed. I know the physics, I know the dynamics, why they fly, and I still to this day am in awe and amazement at how they fly. It's it's amazing. And then as you expand, I, I have my favorite plane I have right now is a 1940s J3 Cub. And you think, like, this is 30-something years after the Wright brothers. Like, this is the first mass-produced aircraft. Like, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. I love it. Now, what's interesting is I remember when I learned to fly, they used to have these weekend ground schools. Mm -hmm. There was no internet. There was no video. There was no VHS at the time or DVDs. You'd go for a cram session starting Saturday at, like, 8 in the morning. And then you would go till about 6. And then the next day you would go. And about 4 o'clock, you'd take the exam right there. And my, have things changed with the technology going from videotapes to DVD, now online. And you have 
totally transformed. I think you've kind of been cutting edge. Tell us your idea to start M0A, you know, just kind of the motivation and uh, how you've grown because you've really grown it into a very large following now for yes. pilot and aviation enthusiasts. Yes, thank you. I mean, it, it grew out of, I was administering those weekend classes and I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. And I remember I was limited to, there was a sign when you walked in said, max capacity, 35 people per the fire marshal. I had to cut off at you know 34 right. people so I could be in the room as well. I, I'm reading all these business books. You have to find leverage. You have to you know expand your business. Like, how do I expand aviation? It's one-on-one -on -one in an airplane, and I'm limited to 35 people in this little classroom. How do I grow beyond that? And I just had this idea to start throwing these videos out there on the internet. It started with my free videos on YouTube, which is something I still continue to right. this day. Some of our best marketing we do is through YouTube. And launched the entire course online because I found that not everybody has every Wednesday night for the next nine weeks free or this particular weekend free. We wanted to reach people on their schedule. So online led to then also doing audiobooks. So you, while you're on your long commute to work, while you're walking the dog, you're at the gym, you're immersing yourself in aviation, which then grew into I'm not just teaching people how to pass their FAA exams. I'm teaching people how to be safe real-world pilots. Right. And because of that, you're going to pass your exams with flying colors. Right. I noticed I went over to your booth, and you actually have a guarantee. We will make sure you pass your exam. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the process. We, we talked with Mark about getting that introductory flight. I don't know if you, they had the Cessna. Probably didn't, but the $20 introductory yeah. flights yeah. way back. Way back when. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I remember that's how I did it. Okay, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever it was, 50 bucks. Let's try it. So let's talk about somebody that knows nothing about aviation, has a fascination, wants to learn to fly, but the first thing is they want to get a little background. So they go to your YouTube or they go to M0A, that's the letter M, Z-E-R-O-A, the letter A, M0A.com. Yes. Tell us what they'll find. You're going to land on our page and you're going to say, hey, I'm a brand new pilot, I'm just getting into this thing. We have a free book called The Private Pilot Blueprint. Totally free, you just pay shipping like six bucks, I'm going to ship it to you. It's everything I wish someone would have told me before I started my flight training. How to find a great flight school, a great flight instructor. How to save time and money in the process. Do I really need to buy this or should I buy this? What do I need? Because aviation sometimes can feel like this elite country club in a way. We, we don't want it to have that kind of mystique that no one else can come in. We, we need to grow aviation. And that's one of the barriers to break down. I have a thousand copies here at Sun and Fun that we've been just handing out like, like they're candy. And incoming, <laughs> the pilot that's in there is less than six foot tall. I yeah, guarantee absolutely. you that. That is for sure. Because if he needs to eject, no problem. Yes. I don't know what that was. I didn't see it. It came by. Uh, but, but now you know what it's like uh, in Syria or anywhere else when there's incoming American Air Force uh, fighter jets. Yes. Uh, that was uh, about, I think, a six on the Richter scale as it was coming through. But So, so you've got a book that they can get. Landing page. First of all, it'll show you, give you a blueprint. Yes. So what is, give, give us a couple of the examples. I know I went through, one of the problems I had, I had a flight instructor that was a terrible communicator. Yes. And for the, took two lessons with him, didn't like him, didn't like the communication. I found that just didn't jive with my personality. I went into the head of the flight school. I said, look, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy and knows what he's doing, but it's, he's not for me. And he said, no problem. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to go all the way. So we're going to find, there's a couple instructors I want you to talk to, and I bonded with one of them right off the bat. So that would be something I would say is you need to find a flight instructor that you gel with. Absolutely. We talk about it in there. What about scheduling, too? Right. When I was actively instructing, now, now most of my instructing is done on the Internet, as crazy as that sounds, but when I was working one-on-one -on -one with students, I, 
flying was my job. So it was Monday through Friday, nine to five. But you might come to me and say, Jason, I work nine to five, Monday through Friday. I want to fly on the weekends. Well, weekends were my family time. Right. So we're not going to get along. Some of us, someone's going to make a compromise. My family's going to be mad at me because I'm flying on the weekends when I said I wasn't. Or you're going to be leaving work early. Like we have these different little issues that we need to communicate. So, and I kind of give them interview questions to ask potential flight instructors in there. Ask them about their schedule. Ask them about their teaching style. You have to think and know yourself though too. What if you're that engineer type? Well, I'm going to teach an engineer steep turns much differently than I'm going to teach, say, an entrepreneur who wants more big picture kind of ideas. Right. So we have to make sure we're going to fit, like you said, with that teaching style of that flight instructor. Yeah, and it's very important that you have that because really you're trusting that flight instructor because you're doing aerodynamic stalls, engine out failures, you're doing steep turns, slow flight, things that you're not familiar with. You need someone that says, I'm going to walk you through this. Let me tell you what's going to happen. And I remember the first instructor I had, first, uh, first lesson, we start doing aerodynamic stalls, didn't tell me what was going on and I'm like wait a minute you need to tell me what's happening and I just don't think he had the ability to communicate well so again that's a little pitfall what are some of the other things that people should look for uh, when they do want to learn how to fly after they go to watch some of your videos what are some of the other things they'll find in your blueprint book what to expect on your first solo what to expect on your FAA test, this big you know, mystique of all this, the written knowledge test, as well as this FAA check ride, right. the final exam that we hear so much about. Do I need to buy a headset right off the bat? You know, there, you walk into some flight schools, uh, here's your $1,000 kit you need to buy. Right. Do I really need all that? And you have to realize that I tell students this all the time, that you are paying them. It's kind of like you're the employer in this That's case. That's right, you but, are. But the employee who you know is bossing you around, telling you what to do in a way. Like you, as the student, are are in power with this because you vote with your dollars. Absolutely, Jason Shepard of M0A.com, and you can hear we are front and center on the flight line from the 2018. 44th Annual Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo. We're coming to you from the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Pavilion on the flight line. We'll continue with Jason Shepard of M0A.com, and we'll get into some of his videos. We'll talk about some of the interesting instruction and little tips that he has, even if you have never flown an airplane. The cool thing is we all started the same way. We knew nothing, and by the time you're done and with the power of the Internet, now you can get a, a really an advanced look at what flight instruction and what it's all about before you even step into an airplane. We will continue final and concluding segment from the flight line at the Sun and Fun International uh, Air Show and fly-in around the corner. Get the latest cigars hand-picked by the General each month delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. 
Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. It's alpha male pleasure in the stratosphere. Oh, sort of like the Mile High Club. This is the Cigar Dave Show from the annual Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo in Lakeland, Florida. And now, your aviator-in-chief, Cigar Dave. Rhapsody in Blue, that is the theme music for United Airlines. Sergeant Steve, you know I hate United Airlines. Useless Airlines, as I call them. Don't even get me started on those clowns. Jason Shepard of M0A.com is our guest here in our final segment from the Sun and Fun Flying and Expo here in Lakeland, Florida. Jason, on your website, they go in and it'll take them right to YouTube or you can go to YouTube. Got a ton of great videos, ton of great in-flight footage that thanks to GoPro cams, yes. you couldn't do even, what, seven, eight years ago. Correct. Now everything's changed. But as you can hear, the Thunderbird, I don't know what that is coming in. That's the Raptor. Is that the Raptor coming yes. in? Whatever it is, major incoming. You know we're not sitting in a studio, that's for sure. But Jason, you've got a ton of videos on there. Give us a few of the first videos who people that want to uh, learn to fly, what they should look for, some of these starter videos. Sure, it all comes back to getting started. Do you know you need an FAA medical? Well, and, that, and that's, you know, to each their own as to what we actually need to depend on what certificate we're pursuing. What does that all entail? What, what if I'm on a medication that doesn't apply to that? We have a doctor on staff to kind of help you with all these things, and that sort of stuff. So we can kind of walk you through that process as, as well. Then it comes into, you know, welcome to the airplane here. What to expect on the pre-flight? What to expect on my first discovery flight? What do I do? Uh, a great example, I used to get nauseous uh, learning to fly. My first flight lessons were about 20 minutes in length because I'd tell my instructor, I can't take really? anymore, we need to go back. Right. It was. Florida in August. Summer, right. Yeah, and it's like no air conditioning exactly. in the plane. Cherokee okay. 140 doing right. turns around a point. Anybody's right. gonna get a little nauseous. Right. And I, there were moments where I thought maybe I can't be a pilot because I get nauseous, and and I learned to overcome that. I share that in these videos because 
you have to be an overcomer in aviation. You know this going through your training. There were obstacles. There right. were plateaus. How did we find those breakthroughs? Well, having all these students we've, we've helped overcome, we share that in these videos and as well. And the great thing is, as I said, because of GoPros, you've got three or four mounted in every airplane, the outside, inside. You show people, you go through the takeoffs, landings, the secret to perfect landings, your book. Yes. You know, I went on and looked at some of the videos, and I, perfect tip. Don't think about flare in a smaller airplane, you're transitioning. Yes. And that small little tip that you gave made a world of difference. Yes. Especially if you're flying in crosswinds and so on. So this gives people the ability to get in the airplane without even being in the airplane. Let's talk about your production. When you started, did you start with all the GoPros? I mean, give us an example of what your first video production was like. I started with a JVC mini DV camcorder, and I would focus it on my chair, and I would push record, and I would run around and sit in that chair and deliver my message, and I'd run back around and turn it off, Then I'd go into like the original iMovie and edit it, and that was life for a very long time. Um, then GoPros came out. We were the first to be approved to actually mount them. To, you had to be approved at that point. Now right. it's considered a temporary thing, depending on how you do it, uh, to the aircraft on my Cessna 150, 512 Romeo is the tail number. Still have it to this day. And started doing that. It was, it was cutting edge. And we try to always continue to be on the cutting edge. But like you said, training. And I, you notice I always sit in the right seat, too. I want you to, do. I, That's I always, interesting. I always want to sit in the right seat. And instructors sit in the right seat because I want you to feel like you're in that left seat next to me. I want you to feel like you're sitting right there and you are my student in that in that moment as we're showcasing that. And it's grown from there. Now I have a production team. We um, Everything is either scripted or something along these lines, so everything's very thoroughly researched here. We have a, a you know production team that's shooting, doing the edits. Everything is all set up. I get to do what I love the most, which is just fly the airplane. Right, and, and I'll tell you, you have a, a, a really a great ability to communicate flawlessly and seamlessly while you're flying the airplane, while you're making the radio calls, and you feel like uh, you are, I'm sitting in the left seat and you're instructing me, and you've really got that gift to be able to explain things as it's happening, which is a, a, a really, that's not a very uh, easy thing to do when there's so much going on, but you do a great job of it, and that's why I tell people, go to M0A.com, because if you, even if you don't want to become a pilot, but you love aviation, and there's a lot of people like that, you will learn a ton. So now everything is scripted. Uh, how many pr uh, videos do you normally do per month? You've obviously coming up with new content. Give us an example of some new content you're working on now. I'm in the studio every single day. So what you see publicly, uh, I release one public YouTube video every week. So there's one week, usually on a Tuesday, that comes out. We're working on a Sun and Fun video right now. And that'll come out to the public on YouTube. However, our course is always evolving. There's, I learn new things. The FAA changes something. There is always some scripts on the teleprompter that need to be done. There's something has changed, uh, whatever it may be, because we have a full private instrument, commercial, CFI online grounds. We also have a drone course as well. So here's, we're up to like 28 terabytes of footage, if you can imagine in hours, and something always has to be edited. So I'm always on that camera doing something. So the private pilot uh, written exam course. Yes. How much does that cost? Uh, well, that's really interesting. It's the, the price of the course is what you want to earn on the test. You want to get a 70, it's 70 bucks. You want, really? to, you want to get 100, it's 100 bucks. It's whatever you want to put into it. And then if you don't get within five points of that score, to the low side, obviously, you pay for an 80, but you go and get a 70, I'll refund your money. Really? Yeah, so you, what do most people pay? 100 bucks. See, that's it. They want to be, you want to and be perfect. And they end up getting higher scores. It's the psychology of it. I have confessed that I want 100. But that is incredible. I've never heard of a pricing plan like that. That's brilliant. 
Leave it to an aviator. Yes, maybe. An alpha aviator. Yes. All right, so let's talk about, uh, again, so it's, you name the price, what the score, most everybody pays 100 and you go at your own pace. Yes. Fantastic. And normally how many, uh, what's the normal pace people go at until they finally get it and then take the exam? Two weeks is how I like to see it. Really? Yeah, in the actual, just if we're just prepping for the knowledge test, this isn't check ride, anything else beyond this, just the knowledge test. It's about a video, video a night, and there's some lengthy videos in there. Watch a video, take a quiz. Watch a video, take a quiz. You can get through it in two weeks, you know, relative, depending on how much time you have. Two weeks to a month. Incredible. And then you also, do you have a video when they get ready to take their check ride? For the check what ride. What to expect? Everything else with the complete, it's a complete course. And again, it's not just how to pass these tests. I'm in the business of you and the family flying to the Bahamas, going somewhere great, living the aviation lifestyle. The freedom. Yes. Fantastic. Jason Shepard, M0A.com. Go to their YouTube channel. Go to their website. If you're interested in learning to fly, you're an aviation enthusiast, guarantee you will not run out of material to watch and learn. Jason, great to have you on the Cigar Dave Thank Show. You, We're going to come up and fly in Ocala. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Friend. Lieutenants and fellow alphas, hope you enjoyed our special aviation-themed edition of the Cigar Dave Show today from the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo. In Lakeland, Florida, on the flight line, special thanks to the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association for their hospitality at their special tent and pavilion here on the flight line. Cigar Dave, the general say, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And may all your landings be silky smooth. <laughs>